0: Let's check in again, you know, with the, how does the mind feel right now? You know, do you you notice a difference from uh, when we started? Maybe there's a little bit more calm there. And then coming down to the heart area. How does that feel right now? and then you know connecting with the body just sitting and breathing in and breathing out and then you know allowing the mind to rest on the body in the same way as the body rests on the cushion just very simple whole body awareness and before we continue with the meditation just you know bring to mind your motivation why have you come to this workshop? why are you sitting? just taking a moment to remember because that's the the fuel of our practice, our motivation And knowing that you are breathing in when you are breathing in and knowing that you are breathing out when you are pressing out. then we again you know go do the first foundation of mindfulness with the anatomical parts but this time we can do it a bit more uh, fluent a bit more a bit quicker starting on the top of the head and connecting with the hardness of the bones just you know uh, put your teeth together for a few times and feel that hardness the tips of the bones and then sweeping from the head to the neck, shoulders, torso, arms, pelvis, legs, and feet, hardness, the bones. And then from the feet, the softness of the flesh, feet, legs, pelvis. Arms and the torso, shoulders, neck and the head, softness of the flesh, and then the skin, top of the head, neck, arms and torso, pelvis, legs and feet. And then the elements starting with earth element, hardness which we can feel in the bones again starting at the feet, legs, pelvis, torso and arms, neck and the head, earth element internally and externally exactly the same, the mountains and the bones and then water element in the flesh, head, neck, torso and arms, hips, legs and feet. Water element internally and externally is exactly the same. then we come to the heat element which we can feel on the skin feet legs pelvis torso and arms shoulders neck and head heat element internally and externally exactly the same and then wind element breath motion starting at the head neck, shoulders, arms and torso, pelvis, legs and the feet, wind element, internally and externally is exactly the same. (coughs) And then just being aware of the whole body sitting and breathing and you know flashing the image of a, of the skeleton, the bone structure a symbol of impermanence this could be my last breath bringing up that with the mind in the mind when we are breathing in and then letting it go with the out breath And if this is not my last breath, it's certainly one breath closer to death. And this, you know, this uh, first foundation of mindfulness makes it clear to us that we are not a separate entity, but we are just part of a vast process. And that gives us a sense of relief. We don't need to manipulate everything because we can't. Just let that go and flow with what's already happening. It's happening since billions of years we can trust that intelligence so that was the first foundation of mindfulness the contemplation of body, the somatic quality of our experience And now we're going to go to the next contemplation level which is feeling tones. And that's the interface between uh, body and mind because there is bodily feelings and mental feelings. Pleasant, unpleasant and neutral. So there's only three feeling tones. And that's the effective quality of our experience and again you know that's the feelings in and on the body or in the mind and we also you know we uh, access that through a scan again the bodily feelings Studying on the top of the head and just paying attention to pleasant feeling head neck shoulders arms torso pelvis upper legs lower legs and feet pleasant feeling And then unpleasant feeling, toes, legs, pelvis, torso, arms, shoulders, neck and head and then neutral feelings head, torso, uh, sorry neck, shoulders, arms, torso, pelvis, legs and feet, neutral feeling and what they all share they are all impermanent so that's the affective quality of our experience in the body and also in the mind and then we go through the next level which is the contemplation of mind which is the cognitive experience the body uh, the mind is that which knows the body and which knows the feelings and at the moment you know that there's mindfulness in the mind because we are doing this practice and notice the pleasantness of that experience if the mind is mindful, you know if the mind is not uh, obsessed with anything, it's a sense of, it's a subtle sense of joy in the mind and you know that's a, a joy we can cultivate and that's a very important factor for the practice, that subtle joy, because it gives a spaciousness to the mind and if we you know familiarize ourselves with that we are noticing also when it's about to get lost so we can bring the mind back so that we start to notice you know if the mind is with defilement or if the mind is free of it because when the mind is free of it there's a sense of ease and subtle joy but if the mind is attaching or if there's some aversion in the mind the experience is uh, unpleasant and the mind contracts and just you know noticing that changingness of the mind The, the, the difference between the open relaxed mind and the contracted attached mind. And then seeing the mind just does its thing but we can know that and we don't need to buy into it. We can witness that for what it is and knowing you know it's impermanent just as the feeling tones also are impermanent. There's nothing in particular we need to do about it just staying conscious staying mindful So all three contemplations we have done so far, you know, contemplation of the body, contemplation of feeling tones and contemplation of the mind, the somatic, the affective and the cognitive qualities of our experience, they all have in common that they are all impermanent. And we can learn, you know, to turn towards that experience in the confident knowing this is impermanent we don't need to manipulate it it's going to change and the more spaciousness there is the quicker that change is also going to happen because if there is no resistance things are just flowing on and i think that's that very important skill you know which we can train ourselves in with these four foundations of mindfulness to allow experience to have that space not interfering and that's that insight you know into the fourth foundation of mindfulness which relates all of those three foundations the body, the feeling tones and the mind relates it to conditionality. You know not taking it also personal, just seeing you know if this arises, that arises. and if that ceases, this ceases. It is a very, very super simple insight. and it you know all of the me and mineness of all of this that just gets washed away through the inside and we can see more and more clearly you know the constructed nature of the sense of self which is producing the suffering you know through attachment and as a disidentification and a detachment through insight is setting in and then we are more and more able you know to not be so fascinated by the content of our experience but more seeing more the structure of our experience yes you know whatever is happening good and bad and everything in between it all has in common it's impermanent, unstable, unsatisfactory, and no self. It's not a self. It's not an independent entity. And that's seen with ever greater clarity. And that's what is liberating, you know. To see, oh, that's not my fault, or that's I can't do anything about this. This is just the way things are. And there's a sense of relief in that. So these three characteristics of experience impermanence, in the Pali language, anicca, unsatisfactoriness, dukkha, and not-self, anatta. That's the three marks of existence, or the three seals it's called in, in other schools of Buddhism. They are just like the universal characteristics which all phenomena display You know, the biggest phenomenon like a whole planet or a little bug or a plate of food or our body, a car, a mountain, everything displays those same three characteristics. And to really, really have unshakable confidence in that truth is deeply liberating because the mind responds with letting go. The mind adjusts. So now we can work a little bit with the force foundation of mindfulness by just checking, you know, are there any so-called hindrances on the surface of the mind right now? because you know they are still for an unenlightened mind stream they will be always there in a latent way but are they activated right now maybe not you know maybe your mind is like still to a certain extent and the hindrance is you know there's essential desire and it's compared you know to a bowl of water in the olden times people had bowls of water you know to see their image they didn't have mirrors yet so it was compared with a bowl of water which was colored. So when we are, we are looking in this bowl of water we s- everything is seen in, in a distorted way because of the coloring. Then anger is compared with a, with a bowl of water with boiling water, with steams and bubbles and we can't see the reflection clearly. Sloth and topor is compared with a bowl of water with alga. So it's all unclear and sluggish, we can't see the true image reflected in the water, and restlessness and worry is like a bowl of water with where the wind goes over the water, and it's it has little waves on it, and we can't see clearly and Doubt is like a bowl of water with mud in a dark place, so that's those five you know, similes if there is any of those hindrances present in the mind, we can't see really clearly. Because the mind is compared with a mirror, which reflects the way things truly are. But if the hindrances are present, the mind is not able to do that. And then, you know, if we be able to let go of those hindrances, then the mind is able to see the way things truly are and that's compared in the scriptures you know letting go of sensual desire is is compared with you know having been released from debt and letting go of anger you know healing from a disease and letting go of sloth and torpor, being released from prison letting go of restlessness and worry being released from slavery and letting go of doubt coming back from a dangerous journey so that's the similes you know from the scriptures which are 2,600 years old or so which give us a, a, a feeling of how that might be you know to be free from debt to be free from disease to be free from prison and slavery to return from a dangerous journey to return home safely this kind of a feeling of relief and if there are no hindrances present in the mind right now there's this clear quality of relief and it's like a crystal clear lake it acts like a mirror everything around the lake reflects in the surface of the lake and we can see to the bottom of the lake and it brings a sense of joy a subtle joy which we normally might not notice because we have many moments every day you know where the mind is just open but we don't tend to notice those moments so then we in you know investigating in, in regards to the awakening factors is, you know, how did that happen? How did that joyful mind come about? Yes, you know, we established mindfulness and bring some interest to our experience, investigation. Then we are sustaining that investigation and interest which, you know, brings up energy. If the energy flows, there's a subtle sense of joy and effortlessness, temporary mind of liberation. There's a taste of a mind which is temporarily free from limitations, a taste of the final goal of the practice and the joy you know, brings about tranquility of the mind and the tranquil mind is stable and collected the fragmentation in the mind you know, melts away certain amount of concentration there in the mind and the mind is also balanced and equipoised And this uh, equipoise, you know, uh, allows the mind to be even more mindful and aware of what's happening, and that, uh, you know, brings a deeper investigation about. And energy comes forth, more joy. It's like a. you know we go through these rounds of the seven factors of awakening again and again and they become more and more stably established in the mind and then these small parts you know of the seven factors of awakening can can uh, grow into flowers because anyone you know who has the parts of those seven factors of awakening in the mind which we all have is capable of full enlightenment; it just requires training, cultivating those seven qualities. So, and for the remainder, you know, we can now just sit with uh, open, open awareness. You're being uh, aware of the spaciousness of the mind right now. When those seven factors of awakening are present, the mind is open and doesn't want anything. It's just satisfied with that uh, spaciousness and that gentle joy in the mind, which is there if there is mindfulness in the mind. In experiencing a mind which is free from wanting. Not wanting anything. Contentment. The greatest wealth there is. And whatever manifests in the mind is is included. If there's maybe a sense of boredom, we know that. Or maybe you might want to get up and, and feel like I need to go and do something. You just know that. You don't need to do it. It can all be known. Everything can just be allowed its natural way. We don't need to judge it. It's going to change anyway. And if you feel a little bit tired, then maybe take a deep breath emphasizing more the energizing awakening factors like curiosity energy and joy and if there's a sense of restlessness emphasizing more the calming three tranquility stability and equipoise just like going down a river in a boat, you know, not going to the left, not going to the right bank, but just being in the middle. And then the stream is just carrying us. Being aware of the spaciousness. And then whenever the mind wants to grasp on to a bank, to a concept, to an idea, to a thought, just gently dropping it and coming back to the middle. And I'm taking a delight in the spaciousness of the mind. The mind which doesn't want anything. And then you're dropping that spaciousness and just being aware of that which knows the spaciousness, the knowing itself. You know making a U turn so to say. Being aware of the knowing. Being aware of awareness itself. And not, you know, overthinking what I'm saying, but just allowing the mind to respond to the degree it can so being aware of the knowing they are the phenomena you know they all are impermanent unsatisfactory and not self they all arise and cease and there is that which knows which is the refuge you know it's the Buddha or the refuge of knowing, awareness, mindfulness. Like the sky is the knowing and the phenomena which are known are the clouds which are moving through the sky, arising and ceasing. And there's you know, a shift in the identification. There is more and more letting go of the clouds and finding refuge in the sky, we can say. That which knows all of the clouds because they all share these same three characteristics. They are all impermanent, they are all unsatisfactory and they are all lacking of a uh, intrinsic self that's what they all have in common and when you know the mind is uh, familiarized with this truth again and again every day you know through the meditation it changes So There's like a letting go is happening, a letting go of assumptions, letting go of ignorance. And that's a, that's an automatic response of the mind this passion is called in the scriptures that sets in washes away attachment and clinging and the clearer you know we can see this the, the more peace is in the mind And then, you know, if the mind gets used to that, it's no longer chasing so much after stuff because it sees, it finds that peace to be much more preferable. That peace of contentment and letting go. And that, you know, can only happen through training. And, you know, the summum bonum of the praxis, nirvana, how it's called, or nirvana in the Buddhist practice, is the supreme peace and happiness of a mind which has completely let go. And I have one last poem to share with you about this. And it's, co- it's from Dantika Pikuni, Dantika, the elephant while walking along the river after a long day of meditating on Vulture's Peak. I watched an elephant splashing its way out of the water and up the bank. Hello, my friend, a man waiting there said, scratching the elephant behind its ear. Did you have a good bath? The elephant stretched out its leg, the man climbed up, and the two rode off like that, together. Seeing what had once been so wild, now a friend and companion to this good man, I took a seat under the nearest tree and reached out a gentle hand to my own mind. Truly, I thought, this is why I came to the woods. I took a seat under the nearest tree and reached out a gentle hand to my own mind. Truly, I thought, this is why I came to the woods this is a very beautiful example you know because the mind can sometimes be really like a mad elephant you know trashing left and right and crashing everything but it can be trained and then you know that power can be used for the good of our own lives and the good of others and that's really a wonderful adventure, really. And those four foundations of mindfulness are a template to use for this training. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.